0: Thank you for joining me for today's BeastWatch News Update. News from the Internet's most comprehensive Bible prophecy news website, beastwatchnews.com. I'm Kimberly Rogers-Brown. The world we now live in is in the transition phase from what was to what will be. Whether it be the globalist vision now being implemented or Yeshua Yahweh Elohim's intention which is also being implemented though out of the sight of the world the elements that will bring about one of the two visions of the future now exist the seven year tribulation will work toward the future desired by the new world order now renamed globalists or Yeshua Yahweh Elohim's kingdom both kingdoms the one Satan created and in which the globalists live and Yeshua Yahweh Elohim's eternal kingdom cannot exist together after the tribulation is over one will rule and reign the other will be destroyed and at the end of the millennium Satan will have one more chance to steal creation this will also fail I have concentrated my focus on the pestilences mentioned by Yeshua in Matthew 24 verse 7 particularly the bioweapon Wuhan virus pestilence in recent weeks but there is another population reduction method Yahweh's remnant needs to be aware of as well war World War III will come to the earth from three theaters and will be designed to destroy the U.S. and her allies. The three war fronts are taking shape in the Pacific with China, Ukraine with Russia, and continuing in the Middle East. The Middle East war front continues to heat up, albeit apparently by accident this week. A Syrian anti aircraft missile was fired toward an IDF aircraft on Wednesday night, overflew its target and landed in Israel, while Syrian state media reports that the response near Damascus injured four soldiers. But This is not the focus of this week's report. China and Russia's collaboration in creating two additional war fronts to split and weaken NATO and the U.S. forces across the globe and the contribution of the merchants of the Earth is my focus. I will start with a preview of the coming World War III. This collaboration is creating two new war theaters halfway around the world from each other in Ukraine and the Pacific, after which both Russia and China can attack the U.S. from both of its borders and both coastlines and that is all I will say today about America's coming destruction Australia and Europe are in China and Russia's crosshairs too but now I want to move to a different aspect of the war now being waged on the West by today's Canaanites I explained the history of Canaan-turned-Sino-turned-China in this report last December you can click on that link today we will see the connection between Israel's temple in Solomon's time and today's coming temple and the Canaanite people let's start with understanding the ships of Tarshish Tarshish in scripture was to that world what China is to today's world Tarshish was not merely a port in those days but a distribution hub with four cities of Tyre, Sidon, Biblos and Arwad scripture mentions only Tyre and Sidon Tarshish was both a port likely in Spain and an organized trading network of ports through which Solomon imported goods into Israel for the building of the temple The phrase ships of Tarshish referred to goods arriving in Israel from one or more of the cities of the Canaanites or goods being shipped from Israel to one of those cities via a ship belonging to the Tarshish trade exchange. The mention of large cargo vessels known as Tarshish ships seems to indicate a type of ship employed in the Red Sea and Arabian coastal trade, see Isaiah 2.16. Here the chronicler refers to ships dispatched to Tarshish, a source of precious metals in Jeremiah 10.9 and precious stones in Ezekiel 28.13 probably located in the western Mediterranean possibly Carthage or southwestern Spain this would greatly expand Solomon's trading links and suggests an even broader commercial partnership with the Phoenicians this is according to IVP BBC commentary on 2 Chronicles 9.21 who were the Phoenicians? well they were the expansion of the Canaanites into Lebanon and in fact Lebanon has a population whose DNA today has been traced to the ancient Canaanites they were not limited to Lebanon however many try to say that the Phoenician Empire was Israel's expansion into the coastlines of the Middle East north of ancient Israel it was not it was Canaanite and this realization is a must in order for people to see the interplay between modern Israel building its temple and today's Canaanite people the Chinese nothing new will be happening it already happened before in ancient Israel and will play out again in the end of days this trading alliance between King Solomon and the ships of Tarshish afforded King Solomon 666 talents of gold 2 Chronicles 9.13 The reason John gave this number is so that we would be looking for a man who comes from the line of Solomon and who puts his trust in the modern new and created state of Israel's gold The number of the Antichrist is relevant to the number of Solomon's 666 or 666 talents of gold. It makes the connection from the Antichrist back to King Solomon. Count the number, said John, count the number of his name and gold is a commodity that people are always wanting to count that is the significance of the number of his name it isn't the man's actual name that needs to be calculated and guessed at but his authority running all the way back to Solomon And Solomon was connected to the Canaanite Phoenician Empire through trade using the ships of Tarshish and the Canaanite man Hiram just as modern Israel is today connected to modern Canaanite descendants, the Chinese. Further back, Hiram was King David's friend, 2 Samuel 5.11 and Hiram built David's house after which Solomon arranged through Hiram to obtain goods through the ships of Tarshish Network to build Yahweh's temple thus the Canaanite connection to Israel remained intact this connection was broken once both houses of Israel Judah and Israel were exiled the final exile coming in 70 AD the connection is back and now it is global Israelites are once again connected to Canaanites through trade and in particular through today's ships of Tarshish the Chinese trading hub the names have changed but the DNA is the same the geographical identities are different but the people are the same people China equals Sino equals Canaanite and China is about to make its dragon move toward getting territory back into its grip that was lost to it though not entirely when the Israelites crossed the Jordan River into the land and began to occupy the territory that Yahweh gave to Abraham as that parcel set aside specifically for Abraham's grandson's inheritance the inheritance given to Jacob and if you don't know who your enemy is you can be fooled into thinking your enemy is your friend Right now in America, President Joe Biden's administration is trying to fool people into thinking that China is America's friend. He is also implementing an infrastructure deal that isn't infrastructure at all. It's part of AOC's Green New Deal, which is a pivot toward Maoist Communist China's CCP model of government. Here is Larry Elder of Epoch Times to explain how Biden is actually throwing America under the green bus, which is also the Chinese bus.
1: I got a question. Just how much is the next mass spending on the part of the Biden administration have to do with infrastructure? Only 5% of the spending in this package goes towards roads and bridges.
0: Here is Jen Psaki's answer to this White House reporter. We're actually selling it as a a once-in-a-century or once-in-a-generation investment in uh, partly our infrastructure, but partly uh, industries of the future, American workers and the
2: workforce. And there are areas like broadband, which maybe is not a physical bridge, but
0: one-third of the country doesn't have access to broadband. So let's be clear about this. They are selling this package. They're selling it as a bridge to the future. Part of the problem is that some Americans don't have broadband so a need for a broadband bridge has arisen and so only five percent of the infrastructure plan covers roads and bridges But we need the broadband. We need the 5G. Why do we need that? Because those who are becoming vaccinated will become automatons of the 5G network once the vaccination process is completed. And here is Neil Cavuto confronting Representative Clyburn. I can see, sir,
1: keeping it focused on infrastructure, even in the broad sense you do about the Internet. I get that. But when I hear about spending better than $400 billion on uh, the care for the elderly and the disabled, however meritorious that might be, also looking at the tuition-free community college, also looking down the road at universal pre-K, what the heck does this have to do with any of that?
3: It has to do with educating our children. It has to do with taking care of the elderly. I don't understand. We, we aren't Eskimos.
1: We aren't going to be carrying but our is that elderly infrastructure? people out. Is that infrastructure? That's what I'm saying. And, and, and does it blur the line no, so that you're th- losing support you might otherwise get if you kept it just focused Neil, on that?
3: It says the American jobs plan. The American jobs plan. This is all about jobs. It's not just about building uh, uh, buildings.
1: How do we know this isn't about infrastructure and this is about changing America along the lines of what the left wing wants America to become? We know this because AOC has dissed the Biden plan as too modest. She says we could go much bigger.
2: If we're looking at ideals and what we think is the actual investment that can create Tens of millions of good union jobs in this country that can shore up our healthcare, our infrastructure, our housing, and doing it in a way that draws down our carbon emissions to help us get in line with the IPCC standards. We're talking about realistically uh, $10 trillion over
0: 10 years. So, there it is. It's all about those wicked, evil carbon emissions and putting in the Green New Deal. China, as you're going to find out in a little bit, is exempt from carbon emissions, exempt from any laws having to do with the Green New Deal, but the U.S. and her Western allies are not. And um I know that may be
2: an eye-popping figure for some people, but we need to understand that we are in a devastating economic moment. Millions of people in the United States are unemployed. We have a truly crippled healthcare system and a planetary crisis on our hands, and we're the wealthiest nation in the history of the world. So we can do 10 trillion.
1: No, this is about transforming America into the clean energy future that the left so fervently wants, cost-benefit analysis, how much it costs poor people and increased power costs. Eh.
2: And doing it in a way that draws down our carbon emissions to help us get in line with the IPCC standards.
1: Climate change alarmist critic Mark Morano has a new book about the Green New Deal, and of course, it's all about control.
4: The Green New Deal actually predates uh, AOC, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, by several decades. Uh, the first mentions of the Green New Deal, when I go into the origins, was about mid 2000. Yeah, the 2000s, about 2005, 2007. Many different authors claim credit. New York Times columnist Michael Schellenberger, environmentalist who's now apologized for the climate scare, says he was one of the original architects. But I think the ultimate origin. There's two origins of the real Green New Deal, which is the 1960s progressive movement, which seized upon overpopulation as their ticket to achieve the left's vision of centrally planned collectivism in America. And that's where, if you go back, every solution to overpopulation, global cooling, all the previous environmental scares all sound like the Green New Deal. And of course... Uh, more recently, the 1992 UN Earth Summit, the, Rio, uh, Earth, the Rio, Rio Earth Summit, had what was called sustainable development passed. And then, of course, this treaty was ratified by the United States Senate during Bill Clinton's uh, first year in office. It was signed by a Republican president, the Rio Earth Treaty. And that is what essentially laid the groundwork for that. And the Green New Deal basically is a domestic copy of the UN's Agenda 21 and now Agenda 2030.
1: Again, (laughs) this is the real agenda.
4: Well, this is the idea that the United Nations came up with and and the progressive left, that the earth can't be left with capitalism. Essentially, the capitalism and and climate and and environment are incompatible. Therefore, you need a host of centrally planned bureaucrats empowered, not just in environmental and climate decisions, but in every aspect of your life, to the size of your home, to what uh, appliances you use, to what cars you drive. And I go through the book, there's a a talk about abolishing private car ownership and obviously the internal combustion engine, having a roving fleet of electric cars, in the words of one Democrat presidential candidate. Uh, And it affects what you eat. Uh, Agriculture, you're not not eating meat. They're pushing now these, you know, vegetable burger, oil processed burgers. They're pushing insect eating. It affects how you travel. We're now being told uh, under a climate emergency, you can't travel unless it's morally justifiable. It's going to affect uh, your thermostat, economics, uh, socialization. I mean, so every aspect of your life is going to be managed in order to benefit planet Earth. And that's the simplest, and I think broadest as well, definition of sustainable Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, UN's agenda. And that's just basically what the Green New Deal, that's why people, many people were shocked. What does the Green New Deal have to, you know, do with whether you want to, if you don't have to work, if you don't want to, why is c- farting cows in here, you know, why do they want to tear down buildings and build green ones? It was all because this is not a... In the architect, the words of the architects, the Green New Deal, Not a, it's not about the climate or energy. This is a change the whole economy thing. And it's also a change all the human lives because that's what the UN even says. We need a complete, a radical, tra- centralized transformation of every aspect of our lives. These are, the, these are the words of the former UN climate chief. So the Green New Deal is just the latest in a long line going back to like the mid-1960s when it comes to climate and the environment.
1: You know, the great economist Thomas Sowell says, whenever government comes up with some bold new scheme to transform America, ask yourself three things. Number one, how much is it gonna cost? Number two, who's gonna pay? Number three, will the damn idea work? Let's focus on
0: number one. What does your study say it would cost people, the families out there in America, if we were to implement the Green New Deal as best as you could estimate?
3: Well, thanks for having me on, Dana, and it would cost them more than they can afford.
0: Right now, every person in the United States owes $800,000 for the $123 trillion debt that America now has around the world. Sounds to me like we already can't afford what that government has done to us. Larry Elder went on to insert this kind of comical (laughs) account of blood (laughs) and gore. You just have to hear this because, you know, we do need some humor in these times. Here we go about blood and gore.
3: Al Gore and David Blood partnered to form a company called Blood and Gore. No, scratch that generation investment management and within this fund blood and gore designated a special investment category targeting 650 million dollars of biomass and biofuels funny thing was they partnered before al gore's film came out was that movie just about climate change or something else
1: on one side we have gold bars Mmm, 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 don't they look good? I'd just like to have some of those gold bars. Uh, On the other side of the scales, um, the entire planet. (laughs) If we do the right thing, then we're going to create a lot of wealth.
3: And when it came time for Al Gore to choose between the entire planet and getting him some of them gold bars, what choice did he make? Here is Al Gore earning his keep by pretending to care about the rainforest while lobbying Congress on behalf of the sugarcane ethanol industry.
1: Any comment on the Brazilian effort here with the issue of the possibility of expanding into that Amazon River basin with further deforestation to produce more ethanol out of sugarcane is a worry, and I, apparently you're not as concerned about that. No, no, I, I am. I simply forgot.
0: Uh-huh. It's all about the gold who's going to get the gold? Oh, Solomon, you know, he had 666 talents of gold delivered to him. Oh, 666 make the connection between what is going on in the world now this system that is happening right now and the system that Solomon created in Israel with his connection to the Canaanites who are today's Chinese it is no accident that the color green has arisen in these end times this color is very important to the prophecies of Revelation let's go back in biblical history and connect the green dots all the way from Egypt to now the locusts in Egypt ate every green thing, Exodus 10:15. For they covered the surface of the whole earth, so that the land was darkened, and they ate every herb of the land, and all the fruit of the trees which the hail had left. There remained nothing green, neither tree or herb of the field, through all the land of Egypt." Yahweh inserts an hyperbole here when he says the locusts covered the whole earth and then follows that with the land of Egypt being darkened the reference to the whole earth was in those days the known world but it has relevance for today because the forerunner of locust bioweaponized viruses of Revelation 9 already covers the whole earth but John said the locust viruses at the end of days was told to not hurt the grass or any green things Revelation 9.4 they were told that they should not hurt the grass of the earth neither any green thing neither any tree but those only those people who don't have God's seal on their foreheads this is a virus that doesn't affect herbs it affects people now Yahweh created green things for beings to eat Genesis 1:30 to every animal of the earth and to every bird of the sky and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life I have given every green herb for food and it was so but then humans turned green into worship of other gods rather than Israel leading the world into Yahweh's righteousness as is commanded in Deuteronomy 12.2 it says you shall surely destroy all the places in which the nations that you dispossessed served their gods on the high mountains and on the hills and under every green tree Israel followed suit with the Gentiles of the world Israel followed suit worshiping other gods under green trees and continues this practice today and this is why Israelites will be punished with the color green in the end of days 1 Kings 1421 to 23 and Rehoboam the son of Solomon reigned in Judah Rehoboam was 40 and 1 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which Yahweh did choose out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there, and his mother's name was Naamah, and she was an Ammonitess and Judah did evil in the sight of Yahweh and they provoked him to jealousy with their sins which they had committed above all that their fathers had done for they also built them high places and images and groves on every high hill and under every green tree 2nd Kings sixteen two, 3 and 4 20 years old was Ahaz king of Judah when he began to reign and reigned 16 years in Jerusalem and did not that which was right in the sight of Yahweh his God like David his father but he walked in the way of the kings of Israel yea and made his son to pass through the fire according to the abominations of the heathen whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel and he sacrificed and burnt incense in the high places and on the hills and under every green tree under the northern tribes King Hosea 2nd Kings verses, uh, chapter 17 verses 10-12 to 12, and they set them up Images and groves in every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burnt incense in all the high places, as did the heathen whom the Lord carried away before them, and wrought wicked things to provoke Yahweh to anger, for they served idols, whereof the Lord had said to them, You shall not do this thing are you beginning to understand that the convergence of punishments given to Yahweh's people during the tribulation have to do with the color green that color which is now emerging out of mystery Babylon the house of Judah and the house of Israel developed worship of other gods under green trees this has prophetic symbolism and it is no accident that America is pushing a Green New Deal that will punish the western nations and Israel has designed a Green Vaxport a vaccine passport that will also punish the world both of these Green Ideologies are punishments to Yahweh's people scattered globally except the Chinese and the Democrats' Green New Deal will bring such punishment as Americans and the Western nations have never seen. China is exempt from the Paris Climate Accords and other green legislation. Going green, however, will weaken the West and raise the East, and the red, the opposite color on the Earth. The red the chinese along with russia the red i don't care how many times they change their flag colors are being raised up by yahweh against his people for worshipping other gods under every green tree it's red against green the color of israel's sin when do they worship under green trees? Well, at Christmas. This time of year, Christmas time is the West's best time economically. Oh, with green backs, green money. That's no coincidence. Yahweh will punish his people using the color green, and they won't even make the connection. But you need to, you remnant people. When do the Jews worship under green trees? Well, their trees are the two poles, the Asherah of the Sephirot in the Kabbalah. The globalists are destroying the western Ephraimite nations because of who our God and King is, Even though most Ephraimites don't know who they are, nor do they worship or serve the God and King of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob has the rightful claim to Israel. Esau, Satan's cohort, wants it. And Yeshua has the rightful claim to the entire earth. Satan wants that. Thus, the remnant of Yeshua Yahweh Elohim is at war with the dragon China who are the ancient Canaanites in a struggle to the death now. Death for us and final death for the dragon on all levels. Have you heard of China's Agenda 2050? Here is Forbidden Knowledge TV to explain it.
5: There are two different visions out there of what the world ought to look like in 2050. One of them is called net zero, which says that within three decades, the world must all but eliminate fossil fuel use and get carbon dioxide emissions down to zero, net of the amount plants and trees absorb. So many politicians, business leaders, bankers, and academics around the world are calling for net zero that you might think it's solidly based on science.
6: But it's not. Many experts dispute the necessity of this 2050 plan and indeed its feasibility. They say the worst case scenario for the impacts of climate change over the coming 30 years won't be nearly as costly as the impact of getting rid of fossil fuels. They say trying to get to net zero in such short time could destroy our prosperity and
5: weaken us internationally. And they say we couldn't get there even if we tried. Despite these objections and with virtually no public debate, Governments throughout the Western world are embracing the goal of net zero by 2050 and are preparing to impose the target regardless of the costs. They're not interested in the vision of cautious evidence-based adaptation to what the future brings. Which funnily enough,
6: isn't even the other vision that I want to talk about. You see, there's yet another very different idea of what the world should look like in 2050 that you may not have heard of. It's not exactly a secret, But Western governments and journalists ignore it,
5: just as they ignore skepticism about net zero. This other vision is called the 100-year marathon, and it's like a mirror image of net zero, because it's the Chinese Politburo's elaborate and ambitious scheme to build up their nation's economy and its global power so that by 2049, the 100th anniversary of Mao Zedong's seizure of power, China will be the world's dominant superpower. You might be tempted to dismiss this warning as paranoia, some kind of warmed-over red scare. But while Chinese leaders are careful not to say much to the rest of the world, they talk openly about this ambition among themselves. The plans are found in high-level speeches and strategy documents, and the implementation is progressing around the world, step by step, right in plain sight, including the so-called Belt and Road Initiative, and the not-so-green investment in coal plants in many third-world nations as well as at home. But most Westerners still know nothing about it and find it hard to believe such a plan could even exist, let alone succeed. Unfortunately, the truth is that these two apparently
6: disconnected visions of 2050 are two sides of the same coin. They both lead us to the same place, with the West hobbled and weak, and China powerful and dominant. And if our governments don't know it, don't want to hear about it, the Chinese government certainly does. I'm John Robson, and this is a climate discussion that's nexus backgrounder on the ominous outlook for 2050. Now, first of all, let me assure you, I'm not saying climate change is a communist plot, or a globalist plot, or what have you plot. Climate change alarmism isn't a plot at all, even if it is mistaken. The whole discussion of carbon dioxide and the greenhouse effect arose in Europe in the 1800s out of scientific inquiry and lots of people believe in it sincerely, and it's appropriate and necessary that we in the free societies have a lively, legitimate debate about its meaning and importance, including the necessity and the practicality of net zero.
5: But we also need to have a discussion about the geopolitical implications of the green agenda and the illegitimate uses to which it can be put, including the strange coincidence that a global political movement has arisen that uses the threat of climate change To impose an agenda on the western world that fits neatly with what the 100-year marathon seeks to do if it is a coincidence you'll notice
6: the endless chatter about net zero never seems to include china they're building hundreds of coal-fired power plants at home and abroad they're buying up oil reserves around the world including here in canada and they're ramping up their economy as fast as humanly possible without regard for the human costs, including due to real pollution as well as the carbon kind. And they have politely but firmly told the world to go jump in the South China Sea whenever discussion of global climate policy comes up. Uh, Except not always politely. Sure, they like to brag about the occasional solar panel they put up or their internal carbon trading shell game. And last fall, President Xi Jinping made noises to the UN about cutting emissions. That kind of talk always wins them praise from credulous Western environmentalists. But the reality is, net zero is a Western preoccupation, and China isn't part of it. And when I say China, I don't mean the geographical entity, of course. Nor do I mean the people who live there. It's standard shorthand for a political organization called the Chinese Communist Party, or CCP that rules China and its people in a thoroughly undemocratic,
5: brutal manner. The CCP was formed in 1921. Westerners, by and large, have no idea how powerful the CCP is.
6: For instance, China doesn't have a military the way normal countries do. Instead, the so-called People's Liberation Army is the military wing of the Chinese Communist Party. Imagine the hoo-ha if Donald Trump had proposed having the U.S. Army swear an oath of loyalty to the Republican Party instead of the United States Constitution. But that's what the CCP has done, and it now has the largest military in the world as its private enforcers.
5: China made a show of moving towards democracy in the 1990s, just long enough to win a membership in the World Trade Organization in 2001. But what was really going on internally was a purge of reformers in the wake of the Tiananmen Square protests in 1989 and the collapse of the Soviet Union in the early 1990s.
6: By the time Xi Jinping took power in 2012, the hardliners had cemented their control. And in 2013, Chairman Xi delivered a confidential speech called Document Number Nine, which outlines the seven false ideologies that the CCP must repress at all costs. Western-style constitutional democracy, the belief in universal values, civil society, or individual rights, free market economics, independent journalism, historical nihilism, which means questioning Maoist doctrine, and anything that undermines the socialist
5: nature of China. In that speech, he also referred to the great rejuvenation of the Chinese nation. According to China expert, Michael Pillsbury, This is code for righting the historical wrongs that have prevented China from reaching its destiny of being the dominant nation in the world.
0: And what destiny would that be? It's the destiny that the Canaanites believe is theirs.
5: They don't simply want to be successful, to be secure, to be an equal and respected partner in a multipolar world. They believe in the saying attributed to Confucius that there can only be one sun up in the sky there can only be one dominant superpower.
6: They own over a trillion dollars worth of US government debt. They control over 90% of the world's supply of rare earth minerals, which gives them effective control over global electronics production. They took over the mobile phone infrastructure in Africa and they're seeking dominance over the new 5G global communications network. And through that Belt and Road Initiative, they've
5: been acquiring vast amounts of transportation infrastructure around the world. The reach of the CCP is astonishing. They own Pirelli Tires, Syngenta Chemicals, 40% of the Philippines' national electricity system, and ports in Rotterdam, Antwerp, Greece, Bilbao, Valencia, Panama, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, Nicaragua, and elsewhere.
0: Elsewhere is Haifa port in Israel.
5: In Canada, they own Nexen Inc., one of Canada's major oil and gas companies. And the Canadian government still hasn't formally barred Huawei from the 5G network's key infrastructure. The only one of the five eyes still determined to see no evil here.
0: Which brings me to the point of talking about the merchants of the Earth. Just like in Solomon's time, the Canaanites harnessed the power of the merchants of the earth, those merchants that are spoken about throughout the Old Testament and only four times in the New Testament, those are harnessed today for China, for China's purposes They are the same people, and they are using the same tactics, and Israel is once again getting involved with the Canaanites.
5: Which brings us back to the climate issue. Net Zero has even recently, and rather suddenly, been embraced by the global financial system. Groups like the World Bank and major private banks have all announced that they won't lend any more money to big fossil fuel-based energy projects, even in developing countries including coal-fired power plants, whereas China will. And as numerous authors have documented, top leaders in the global finance sphere have been the targets for decades of careful, sophisticated influence campaigns run out of Beijing. The big exceptions, those who have yet to have their eyes open to the dangers posed by the CCP, are Western environmentalists and their funders. Rather than becoming cautious about China's role in the world, These groups lavish it with praise for its environmental efforts. Consider BlackRock Inc., the world's largest financial firm, with $6.5 trillion in assets under management. In 2019, its president, Larry Fink, announced a plan to ensure the company's future growth by aggressively expanding in China. To do this, he recruited a team of talented financial executives, headed by Tang Xiaodong, a banker and former Chinese government official, to lead BlackRock's Chinese operations. And right on schedule, Fink just announced that they're going to use their massive financial clout to force companies they own to commit to net zero by 2050 or face being cut off from financing. In the UK, where net zero is now gospel, connections between the CCP and the social elite are particularly deep. The 48 Group Club is a who's who of top UK government, banking, university, and industry elite who regularly rub shoulders with a select group of high-ranking current and former Chinese officials, ostensibly for the purpose of developing trade relationships and business deals. But as Hamilton and Olberg detail in Hidden Hand, the 48 Group Club has really become an organ for the Chinese government to influence British public opinion and politics through their uncritical repetition of CCP propaganda. Whatever the cause, the world is traveling on two paths towards 2050. And while they seem unrelated, with one all about saving the planet from supposed climate doom and the other a dark totalitarian ambition to rule the world, they converge in a remarkable spot where the West is hobbled economically, politically, and militarily by climate alarmism and its misguided schemes to slash energy abundance and squash economic growth while China's communist regime secures unchallenged global economic, military, and ideological dominance.
0: And therein lies the convergence of forces combining in such a way as has never been seen before on the earth, ever who is running the show now is China and its milieu of corporations those conglomerates of business people that scripture calls merchants of the earth this category of people are mentioned only twice by this phrase and both are in Revelation merchants generally are mentioned 40 times in scripture and will by the end of days have become another level of evil force worthy of Yahweh's epithet merchants of the earth these are global and these are the composition of the globalists along with the governments they now run and the United Nations which oversees it all when Yahweh addresses Tyre and Sidon in Isaiah 23 he is speaking to the entirety of the Canaanite world at that time but also for this time Isaiah 23 6 verses all the way up to 15 Pass you over to Tarshish Howl you inhabitants of the isle Is this your joyous city Whose antiquity is of ancient days Her own feet shall carry her afar off to sojourn who has taken this counsel against Tyre the crowning city whose merchants are princes whose traffickers are the honorable of the earth notice that it's the merchants who are the princes the rulers they are the rulers of the earth that's the way it is today verse 9 the Lord of hosts has purposed it to stain the pride of all glory and to bring into contempt all the honorable of the earth pass through your land as a river O daughter of Tarshish there is no more strength who is the daughter of Tarshish China Yahweh is going to remove the honor held by big and mighty businessmen who now run the earth and China will lose its strength Isaiah 23:11 He stretched out his hand over the sea he shook the kingdoms Yahweh has given a commandment against the merchant city to destroy the strongholds thereof Beijing And he said, You shall no more rejoice, O you oppressed virgin, daughter of Zidon! Arise, pass over to Kittim, there also you have no rest. Behold the land of the Chaldeans! This people was not, till the Assyrian founded it for them that dwell in the wilderness they set up towers thereof they raised up the palaces thereof and he brought it to ruin now I have taught through the years that the Chaldeans here in this scripture is America also known as Jeremiah's hindermost nation Jeremiah 50 verse 12 America was founded by people who were still under Assyrian captivity From the land of Chaldea, because the Assyrian captivity was never declared over, and they were Chaldeans because their forefather Abraham was Chaldean. These were the descendants of the people who came through the wilderness of the Exodus. Americans raised their twin towers and palaces, palaces like the Capitol Building and the White House, which is how America is known today, symbolically. Verse 14, Howl you ships of Tarshish, for your strength is laid waste, and it shall come to pass in that day that Tyre shall be forgotten seventy years. Now there is a prophecy for the end of days according to the days of one king after the end of 70 years shall Tyre sing as a harlot these merchants trafficked in slaves hang on to that one Ezekiel twenty-seven thirteen. Javan, Tubal and Meshech they were your merchants they traded the persons of men and vessels of brass in your market just as it was then, trading slaves, so will it be in the end. Revelation eighteen, eleven through thirteen, And the merchants of the earth shall weep and mourn over her, mystery Babylon, when she's destroyed. For no man buys their merchandise any more, the merchandise of gold, and silver, and precious stones, and of pearls, and fine linen, and purple, and silk, and scarlet, and all tiny wood, all manner of vessels of ivory, and all manner of vessels of most precious wood, and of brass, and iron, and marble. And cinnamon, and odors, and ointments, and frankincense, and wine, and oil, and fine flour, and wheat, and beasts, and sheep, and horses, and chariots, and slaves, and the souls of men. Today's merchants of the earth in cahoots with the Canaanite Chinese Communist Party is setting Israel up as the place for them to sell their stuff. And they already started selling their stuff in the COVID vaccine. About the merchants of the earth in the time of the Assyrian captivity, Yahweh said of Nineveh in Nahum, 3 verse 16, You have multiplied your merchants above the stars of heaven. The canker worm spoils and flies away. That reference to the stars of heaven is how the New World Order globalists view themselves today as the Kabbalistic inheritors of the earth. Yahweh promised Abraham that his descendants would be like the stars of heaven. Well, Nineveh's merchants became as the stars of heaven in their attempt to symbolize that it was they who would inherit Abraham's promise. Today, the merchants have set themselves again. Likewise to themselves they are Abraham's stars of the heavens these merchants are building Jerusalem as mystery Babylon with the help of their governments who are now kowtowing to them so that Jerusalem will become the world's number one tourist destination through religion the three monotheistic religions of the earth if you think that the boards and executives of today's companies don't see Jerusalem as their next biggest money maker, then you don't understand Christmas. It is how the merchants take advantage of religion. You know, that's the great thing about religion. It can be manipulated in any way a prophet wants it to be, plus, from the merchant or slash economic viewpoint, religion is a huge, perhaps the hugest money maker. This is why religion is such an integral part of ancient Assyria, Babylon, Greece, Rome, and today, globally you just can't get that kind of money out of Yeshua's kingdom because his kingdom is not designed to fill the pockets of merchants this is why merchants play such a large role at the end of days yet in a much hidden way through few mentions in the book of Revelation all roads of the globalists point to Jerusalem mystery Babylon It is toward Jerusalem that the entire world is actually pivoting to. The Chinese Canaanites, empowered by Satan the dragon, believe Israel will be theirs. Yeshua will return to show them to whom Israel really belongs. Revelation 18:3 for all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Revelation 18.23 And the light of a candle will shine no more at all in you, Jerusalem, and the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in you. For your merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorceries were all nations deceived." Go to News, News, and Prophecy for more headlines fulfilling end times Bible prophecies. That's it for this Beastwatch News update. This is Kimberly Rogers Brown signing off. Click over to BeastWatchNews.com for full comprehensive coverage of all the headlines fulfilling end of days Bible prophecy.